so now I'm not sure what to do here if I should continue with the food thing or because I've, I've started doing every other one. It's food and then the next post is a vulnerability real life. This is messy. And I'm trying to figure out if I should continue half and half or really brand myself one direction or the other. Well, hello there. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. I'm Lauren. And we are brand strategists helping people position, build, and promote their brands. We use this podcast as a way to let you into our conversations with fascinating people in all different industries around the world. Today is one of those fascinating conversations. It's a vulnerable topic. In fact, the topic is vulnerability. And it's very important if you hope to have success on the internet. This guest is really special, really special. It's so, everyone wants to be a food blogger, everyone and their mom, but she's actually done it and made something for herself. And it's just so interesting to see that you can sometimes work really, really hard and get to the top or near the top of a competitive industry and still want to change and still want to evolve. That's the conversation we have. Should she change up, you know, her brand name to reflect the evolution or does she need to keep what she has based on how people have followed and and resonated with her? That's a conversation we're about to have that you're about to listen to. Let's do it. Here's our chat with Julie. My biggest challenge is I started as a food blog and I've developed relationships with food companies and the food thing is where it was at. But along the way, I started using my Instagram handle only as a place where I was kind of bored vomiting (laughs) my feelings on life and it got a little real and dirty in there. And that's when I really felt like my Instagram handle and my my page really took off. That's when people became emotionally involved, probably because people like seeing a hot mess and that's what I am. So now I'm not sure what to do here if I should continue with the food thing or because I've, I've started doing every other one. It's food and then the next post is a vulnerability real life. This is messy post and then food and then this is messy. And I'm trying to figure out if I should continue half and half or really brand myself one direction or the other. Beautiful. What a good question. You are smarter than you give yourself credit for. And let me tell you why off the top, you've done already intuitively, naturally what we tell people to do, which is give your platforms purpose. And I love that your Instagram has become in some way your journal, your way of communicating and documenting and sharing what's on your mind. And I won't say what your Instagram handle is because we're keeping things anonymous around here, but you have (laughs) four times more followers than me. (laughs) And you've got a lot of followers probably on Instagram, probably more followers than anyone we've had on the podcast. And so what that tells me, not from a vanity standpoint, tells me that proof of concept, people are interested. They feel invested in your journey. They are getting something from this relationship. And now we're at the point where branding you know, we're at a crossroads of, do we keep with what is familiar and what people signed up for in a certain way, what they're used to, what they're, what is routine, what is familiar? Or do we officially acknowledge the evolution that is taking place in a really beautiful, natural kind of way? I kind of have summed up the challenge that we face today that I'm very excited to tackle head on. Other than the observations you've had of more people 
liking posts that are vulnerable. Have you ever surveyed your audience or or asked them, do you want more vulnerable posts from me? Or do you, do you have any idea of what, what they want? Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> I did a couple different surveys in my stories, just asking like, A, why did you start following in the first place? Was it for the food or was it because you're enjoying the freak show? And it was 50-50 every single survey I've done. And so then I asked, should I continue with the vulnerability post or stick just to food or should I do both? And that one was about 70% do both and then a half and half on the other two. So I'm kind of short. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's like like not very helpful, not entirely helpful results if you're wanting a definitive <laughs> answer. But that is, it is telling. I mean, obviously your audience doesn't want you to give up food. Like everyone, it seems like whether they voted for both or just food, they want food to be part of it, right? Right. I feel like that's why they started following me in the first place, but not maybe not why they stuck around. Or I mean, probably why they stuck around too, but there's there's a million food bloggers out there. They're going to be able to find good recipes no matter what. But I feel like they started following me because of the food, but stuck around because they found something they could connect with emotionally. Ah, (laughs) interesting. Here is a exhibit A of self-awareness and self-awareness is absolutely essential if you're going to be successful as a personal brand. I mean, I'd say it as a brand in general, but as a personal brand, it is vital and you have that. Now, (laughs) if I had to sum up like all of the top, like some of the most successful brands in the world, we could say Oprah is one of the most successful personal brands in the world and why. And, and this is polarizing and controversial, but guess what? So is Donald Trump, one of the most successful <laughs> brands, personal brands in the world for better or for worse. Uh, yeah, Martha Stewart. Okay, all kinds of people. Let's dissect why these people are successful and why this is a relevant discussion. They are successful because these are people, public figures, celebrities, politicians, whatever you want to describe it. These are individuals that have mastered the art, I'm going to say it, of recreating the in-person experience. I'm sorry I'm saying it all the time, but that's what I believe all of this is. But what they are masters at is making us feel that we have a relationship, an awareness, a relationship with them, right? We know them. They're familiar. They're comfortable. We feel like we know these people, even though guess what? Neither of us here, and maybe Julie, you as well, haven't met any of these people in real life, but we feel like we know them. That is an art. And when mastered, you can grow a personal brand at a very, I mean, a global scale. And, you know, I give you credit because as I said, you've amassed an audience that is far larger than most people we have on the show. And you have a sense of what is required, what kind of vulnerability is essential to make people feel like they're connected to you, even if they haven't met you in real life. Would you agree? Um, yeah. I mean, no, I don't. <laughs> yes. I, I would never have thought to put it in those words because really, that's why you got me, babe. That's why you got me. But way to put it in words. But yeah, I, I kind of feel like maybe we all feel all these awful or good or whatever emotions, but it takes someone else saying them to recognize them. So that's why, that's why we have a job. Um, okay. So, <laughs> Okay, now your audience, they know your story, right? Where all of this came from? 
Most of them would. Yeah. I mean, they know I've, I've gone through some hard stuff and then dealt with it, how I'm dealing with it. So, yeah. Do you want to share some of that? Because this audience doesn't necessarily know that, but I think I want them to know a little bit about your story so that it helps us as a team, including the listener, qualify this and figure out where to go with all this. Tell us about where all of this was kind of born from and where you're at today. Okay. So about four years ago, (laughs) I was married and had uh, a heartbreaking thing happen. And it was a little bit shocking for me. And at that time... I started, well, okay, in college, I was a music major, which you might not know, (laughs) but my plan had always been if I ever need to go back to work, because I was mostly a stay-at-home mother, and if I ever need to go back to work, I'll teach music. But when everything came out that came out, um, I lost my hearing, and um, it it was trauma and crying and, you know, all that just accumulated into hearing loss. And skip forward just a little bit. I do have a hearing back now. But at the time, suddenly music was not an option. So I had been working part-time partially for other, for bloggers doing recipe creation because I've always been very good with food. And so when all this happened and I was trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to support myself? How am I going to support three children? What am I going to do? My sister, who's also a food blogger, she was like, well, you know, Instead of cooking for me, you could cook for you. <laughs> and so we got together for a weekend and built an entire website and shot 12 recipes and got it going. And so that's when the food portion of it really started. And then I spent a couple years trying to reconcile. When I realized nothing was going to change, then in January, my divorce was finalized. And that is when. Right before that was the first time I ever included my face on my page. And when my divorce was finalized, I wrote a really angry post. It probably shouldn't have been public, but it is. And just, you know, I addressed it to Disney, but it really wasn't Disney's fault. But I just said, you know, all these happily ever afters aren't really true. You know that, right? And wrote a big, long boohoo post. And ended up having people from all over the world send me messages and just all kinds of support. It was was amazing. And at that point, (laughs) I had, and I apologize because I jump all over the place, but... um, No, it's good. It's good. This is giving us a background that we want. This will tell you a lot about me. So I'd lost my hearing. I'm I'm tone deaf at this point in my life. Um, and but I had always done what I call restaurant night with my kids, where I will basically feed them all the leftovers in the house, but they get to order it off a menu, so it feels cool. And then while they eat, I sing horribly at the top of my lungs and put on a show. So I started putting those online <laughs> in my like highlights or whatever that's called, and. Between the vulnerability and these, look how insane she is, like crazy, fun. Like, I think it made me more real to people, perhaps. But that's when my following, like, really jumped up. People started tagging their friends, like, hey, check out this girl's page. I think you, like, what she has to say could help, you know, because everyone knows someone who's going through a really hard time. And I didn't go into specifics of what had happened between my husband and I in any of these posts, but I did talk about the pain I was feeling because of it. 
And maybe perhaps because I didn't go into specifics, that's why so many people were able to connect with it because they weren't thinking, oh, this only applies to someone whose husband, the side of the grass was greener. You know, they, they were thinking, okay, this applies to someone who's lost something, but lost something so important to them, you know? Okay, stop. I'm going to try and tell you about our brand audit consultation in under 30 seconds. If you like what you're hearing, then you can visit philpallon.expert slash therapy for a 15% off on our actual 90-minute consultation that we do privately. Okay, that's under 30 seconds. I'll talk to you later. Bye. And maybe perhaps because I didn't go into specifics, that's why so many people were able to connect with it because they weren't thinking oh, this only applies to someone whose husband, the side of the grass was greener. You know, they, they were thinking, okay, this applies to someone who's lost something, but lost something so important to them, you know? So, does that answer the question? Sorry, I just got it off does. on a major tangent. Yeah, well, because <laughs> I just kind of opened the door to tell us a little bit about you so that we, I want our kind of audience to also be able to connect with you. Here's the moral of the story. You're very good at being vulnerable. You're very good at being vulnerable when being vulnerable. I know that sounds weird, but <laughs> it's, you know, listen, a lot of people aren't good at this. And and if and and I know you and I and I know that the number one key to your success is the fact that you're able to do that effortlessly. And while uncomfortable, you have the confidence to be able to navigate vulnerability when it feels vulnerable. So that is an essential part of your brand. It's an essential part of your success. I'm curious to round off this conversation and understand what's next for you. This is exactly what you're wondering. Now, Lauren, as someone who doesn't know Julie as well, I know Julie like better than you do. We met at a conference. That's our, <laughs> that's our story. But what, what do you think about all this? Well, I have a question for you first, Julie. So you're trying to understand whether you should stick with food or if you should sort of branch out and be fully vulnerable, right? Right. Yeah. And so you're deciding if almost you should start start something new or completely like switch over? Right. Well, I'm working I'm working on a book about being vulnerable and I wasn't sure if I should just have that be something completely separate or if I could tie it into my brand or tie my brand into that. Like if I could really merge and marry the two. And so you know, I look at someone like Rachel Hollis, who was a food blogger, and now she's like inspiring women to be amazing. And I'm like, I could do that, but not on her level. But I could totally do that. But how did she do that? How did she get to the point where she branded herself instead of her food and instead of her girl wash your face and her other books? You know, I don't know. I don't know if I need to just separate it, the two or pick one of the two or if it's me rather than my food or my vulnerability. I don't know. <laughs> I have a very strong opinion about this. I don't even, it's it's just my gut feeling, but very strong opinion. I think that your fans followed you for a reason and they liked what they saw and they liked your vulnerability and they grew with you. And I think it would be potentially a disservice to the people who have been by your side, your fans for years to start something new. I think that you should have, keep your brand as is and keep that as a foundation where you can launch new endeavors. So if you are going to do a book about vulnerability, great. Post about it from your original feed. Don't neglect what brought you to where you are. I don't know. that. Do you agree, Phil? 
yeah, I think people know you from this angle and I wouldn't be so quick to jump and change things drastically. I'm Now, I'm not going to name the specific blog because that's what we don't do on this show, but it does include the word tangled. And I feel like that word is relevant even beyond food. And actually your whole handle arguably is relevant beyond food. I'm not so worried in this case about the wrapping paper some conversations we have is, you know, those conversations are completely focused on the wrapping paper. But today we're focusing on the gift, the gift that, you know, already sells and keeps people engaged. I wouldn't be so quick to change that because it's what people find familiar. And really, you've already dug deep enough to know what it is people want. Those are my thoughts. I wouldn't just completely change what you've got now. I don't think it's absolutely essential. And if you want to pivot to be more of like a lifestyle-type oriented brand, then first show proof of concept of that. Explore that before making any changes to the branding. Those are my thoughts. So right now, it's kind of, it jumps all over the place because that's how my brain works. I'm not the most organized individual. But is there a way to make it all more cohesive? Like keep the food, keep the vulnerability, keep my personality in there? but maybe tie it all together. Like, I feel like this is where I really struggle is really nailing down how to make it all fit into the same package, so to speak. Not necessarily the wrapping paper, but all in the same box. I think that that there's an opportunity to be really clever with every new endeavor you take on. So for example, if you are going to be writing a book, you can play around with the word tangled with something kind of similar, like, I don't know, knots or braids or, you know, words that are related to tangled in some way. And I think that if you draw more parallels between your recipes and food with like emotions, just as I've seen you've kind of done that on your feed now, I'm looking at it, but even like more overtly call out sort of the emotional meaning behind the recipes that you're providing, then that'll kind of help sync, like tie everything together. Okay, I love your brain. Thank you. Tangled and not. <laughs> I love your brain. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but just look up the word tangled. I always, whenever we come up with company names or taglines for clients, I always do the same series of steps over and over. So what I do first is I come up with a word that I like, so or I'm married to. So in your case, it would be tangled. And then I would look, go to, I would actually Google idioms with tangle or idioms with tangled and just look at what comes up and jot down any term that stands out to me. And if there is a term like, I don't know, tangled up, then I might look for a word that rhymes with up or I I just kind of play around with those idioms and then I'll pull out a rhyming dictionary and look for words that rhyme with that. I'm I'm just like blabbering here. I don't even know if this is useful, but that's sort of my process. And I find playing around with idioms. Oh, good, good. Maybe our brains work the same way. I play around with idioms, words I like, and rhyming dictionaries. And I just, I just like let my brain go and brainstorm as much as I can until it feels like my brain's like run out of energy. And then I go back and I look at what really pops it to me. Okay. I love that. I think it's useful for anyone naming a project. Not everyone can afford to hire you, Lauren, to name their projects. So now people have the tools to be able to do it themselves. <laughs> so let's do a real life example. So I just pulled out my phone and I typed idioms with tangle. And this free dictionary link comes up. They're like, I go to their site like a hundred times a week. And they've got to become, you know, tangle up, tangle with, tangle something, 
And so this one, like I, you might want to play around with the word up. So like, I don't know, a, a word that rhymes with up, or you could look up another word that's similar to tangled like knots, and then look for what rhymes with knots. So just kind of, I guess, like follow the threads, if you will, and just kind of mm-hmm. see what idioms and phrases and rhymes you come across and just let your brain kind of like, just just like go. I can do that. <laughs> Beautiful. What are you excited about next? What are your next steps? What are you going to be thinking about? Or what is that next step you're going to take? Well, I'll tell you, I'm still going to be doing this. I'm, I'm working on this book where I'm putting together all these vulnerability posts into a book because, you know, Instagram limits your word count. And I am not a person of few words most of the time. And so I'm cr- writing this book and I've teamed up with a therapist who is just very good at what she does. <laughs> and she's going to be finishing every chapter of the book with a professional view and thoughts and steps that can help through walk or help you walk through these tangled up thoughts. Um, hey, thoughts and knots entangled. Okay, wait. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. Like even the phrase in knots is kind of cute because it's like you're distressed over something. And also there's words like, I don't know, twist. That's another one that you could definitely play around with. Oh, I'm really excited you told me this. <laughs> I'm start Good. making a list right now. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I was like rambling. I'm so glad that it's um helpful. <laughs> it's okay. Rambling's my language, so I get it. <laughs> So here's another question for you because I was was contacted by a teacher company wanting me to create t-shirts specifically for my brand that my readers and followers could purchase, especially the people that are emotionally involved in this. And, you know, just a reminder of you can get through each day, but that's completely outside of what I've been doing. I've been doing food and words, you know, so do I branch into this t-shirt thing or do I leave that alone? I think you could do the t-shirt thing as long as it directly pulls into your brand in some way. I just came across the phrase twist of fate. And I think that's really relevant to you because life threw something at you and you landed on your feet. And that's sort of what, what you're advocating, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, so maybe like I would encourage you to think of a phrase for t-shirts that's, that somehow still can be related to your tangled name, whether it's Twist of Fate or In Knots or whatever it is. But just make sure if you are branching out, it still needs to be rooted in your original brand name. Okay. That way when people like discover the connection, you know, they have a reaction to it, right? They can tell that it's from the same family and they get excited about that. We want that kind of positive reaction to what you're creating. It also, without being direct about it, acknowledges that it's a separate project. It's a new thing, but still related to the same family, the same entity or brand that they fell in love with to start with. So that's why it works. Yeah, it's allowing your community to grow with you instead of feeling like you're starting new. I like that idea of making them a part of the journey, allowing them to go with it. Well, you've done that from the beginning. So why would you stop now, right? Right. I'm glad I talked to you. (laughs) I love it. I'm glad you talked to us. I'm very excited to see how all of this pans out. Thank you for taking a few minutes to chat today and make sure you let us know how all of this goes. Okay. Do you guys have any like one solid piece of Julie, if I, I mean, person? Yeah, you have my name. Julie, (laughs) if I were you, this is something I would definitely do for my brand. 
if I were you, I'd trust your gut and I'd stay true to continue doing what you know your audience appreciates and loves about you. Keep doing that. Okay, I will. (laughs) So there you go. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for hanging out with us on Brand Therapy. And we look forward to hearing how all of this goes for you, Julie. I'm excited. <laughs> Yay. Good. We're glad you're excited. We're excited. And we will chat with you very soon, okay? Okay. Thanks. Bye. We'll see ya. Being vulnerable, the theme of that discussion with Julie, she does it really well. God, I just want to be your best. I want to be best friends with every guest we have. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I know that's not the purpose of this podcast. No, like finding for, finding friends for Lauren. Take that for a second and understand why. Don't just consume it. Understand it. Dissect it as any smart marketer does. She, yeah. You have it better in real life. No, I haven't. And But she's like adorably deprecating and relatable. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's had so much success on social media because she is a master at recreating the in-person experience, a kind of vulnerability that we might experience if we were face-to-face over a coffee at a coffee shop. Yeah. Boom, there it is. Yeah, I was just, I was thinking, because she had a good question. Like, that was a really good dilemma. Like, should I keep things as is, food and start new? But I was just thinking about like, even when brands change their logo and everyone freaks out, like Airbnb and some other big ones like that. Oh, well, no, people liked the Instagram logo change. Anyway, I was just thinking about the potential repercussions of her changing what's working. So sometimes people, I find like clients, if they're if things are working, sometimes they look for opportunities to change when it's really not needed. Yeah, the disruption is not necessary. It almost distracts from what's really, really important and needs to be a constant because it's what people enjoy. It's what we would consider to be your competitive advantage as a brand, what you do really well. I want to know what you think. Do you have a challenge being vulnerable on social media? I want to hear from you. I'm at Phil Palin across social media channels. I'm at the Lauren Moore. And we use hashtag brand therapy to keep track of this conversation that's happening. If you have a few extra minutes, then do us a little favor, hop over to the iTunes store, leave a review if you've listened to this episode or others that really helps other people find what we create. We're also on Spotify, if that works better for you. And we're always keen to have that conversation and meet you if you took the time to listen to the podcast. We really want to hear from you. Oh, and also, if you ever want to be on the podcast, follow Phil on Instagram because he posts, I guess it's a casting call. I don't know what you'd say. But anyway, sometimes, sometimes we find podcast guests on Instagram. Yeah. So there you go. So thank you for spending a few minutes with us on Brand Therapy. We will see you back next week. Bye. Next time on Brand Therapy. Could be like for, I don't know, um, business-to-business brands, business-to-customer brands, but like, how do I freaking use Pinterest? You guys tell me because I'm kind of lost in this space.